And now, Ravage Love. October number five. Julie, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Renee. Oh, it's coming. It's so soon. I'm excited. I am so excited. And I love everything about this month. Truly, the weather, the, you know, the vibes of spooky, the whatever. But I also love that it's a time when I usually rewatch old movies that I Mm -hmm. loved around Halloween. Um, So, you know, crushed some Scream, um, some Friday the 13th. But you you took things in a different direction. You you embraced spooky October films, but not in the traditional sense. What did you get up to, Renee? What marathon did you recently <laughs> partake in? <laughs> um, so I think from like Friday, all day Saturday, I watched the Twilight Saga movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and three I, books, four movies? No, there. I think there's... I think there's four books and there's five movies or there's maybe more than five books. I don't know. I know I they just know. released a newer book. So, okay. But one of the, the, the finale of the movies is a two parter, isn't it? It is. Yeah, oh. It's breaking down part one and part two. So you crushed um, four movies, Whew. five movies, five movies. Five oh movies. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five movies um, over like 24 hours. And it was a journey. <laughs> I felt a lot of feelings. Um, really okay like not really the vampires i grew up with but i respect the ya aspect of this because ya is like pop fiction like you can really sink your teeth into it no pun intended but like (laughs) just like you you get into it it's it's really easy reads um and that really translated through the films the films were ridiculous um the first one especially it was just like what is happening here because you know (laughs) you know Kristen stewart is a mommy and i will die for her she is mm, so sexy not in this role not in this role um same thing with uh pattison like he's also a handsome man you know and um it was weird to see them in these roles but um there were a lot of really problematic themes that I had heard about anyway um, in, in the stories. So a lot of things about modesty and, um, you know, pro-life messages and, you know, uh, celibacy, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, there's this whole big scene about how, you know, Bella Swan gets pregnant by her vampire lover, which is like unheard of. And <laughs> her weird parasite fetus is just eating her from the out, like the inside out. And all of the vampires are like, girl, like, you got to get rid of it. And she's like, no, it's a miracle. And so she basically is prepared to die for this fetus that may or may not survive. And everybody's like, it's an abomination. Um, And if you, like I did any research online, you know, the puppet version of this baby is an abomination. It's awful. Um, Yeah, but it was it was really easy to watch. I got really sucked into it. Uh, a couple of the films I really was like, I love these movies. And then as it got on, I was like, I fucking hate these movies. <laughs> um, and I was rooting for some characters and like not others. Anyway, it was a journey. But um, what's and why I gl- I'm glad you brought it up, Julia, is because the response I got from people watching my videos to the Twilight Side was really, really interesting. And what I found the most interesting was that um, I would say like, for the most part, the women that were contacting me were, you know, were saying, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I recently watched them all myself. I really enjoyed Twilight when I was a teenager. Like I was all about this and they were excited about it. And I think there is a lot of shame associated with, um, with Twilight. And I get it. Somebody also told me that it, it originated from like 50 shades fanfic or something. Um, 50 shades, 50 shades was inspired is twilight fiction. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's all one connection basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I've never even read 50 shades. So maybe that's my next marathon. I might be, we'll see. Um, but what was interesting and I'm, I'm totally throwing a friend under the bus if he still listens to this show, but a, a guy friend of mine popped into my DMs and he's like, only middle aged Karens watch these movies. And I was like, that's not true. Um, 
and I, I was like, you know, we, uh, it was really interesting because it was like, here's the one man messaging me about this, shitting on it. Yeah. Uh, because he was thinking like, you know, well, this complete niche stereotype are the only people that like these stories. And that's just not true. Um, it's just not true. It's, it's vampire YA, like which teenage girl did not get into vampire fiction? Like, let's be real. And it's okay to enjoy it. It's like, here we are again, shitting on things that women like and girls like. Um, and I thought that was really interesting, but also kind of sad because I don't think there's any shame in, in enjoying it, even if it has this problematic moments. Like if you consider for a moment that, you know, there's all of this classic literature that we force kids to read in school that are super misogynist and transphobic and all these things. And that we're like, they're classics and they're great. And you need to learn about these in school. Now, not that I suggest we should be reading Twilight in schools, <laughs> but you know, it, nobody is, is saying, you know, well, it's only boomers that are reading this book. It's like, that's not, that's not the case. And so I just thought it was a really interesting kind of dynamic in terms of like the female response versus the male response to those stories and it's like hey if you liked it own it like that's awesome good for you yeah and I mean that's been our vibe since the start mm -hmm. of the podcast right which was we're reading romance we've never read romance before some of it yeah. is hilarious and so we make fun of it but we're not making fun of the genre in total because first of all right. like that's it's just such an easy joke yeah and yeah. in terms of pop culture anything that women like especially young women is yeah. just like a target for mockery all the time everything from like pumpkin spice lattes to yeah. wearing like a cute scarf in the fall to yeah things like twilight or um hunger games or like justin bieber or like whatever right like people are always just like oh my god because girls like it um yeah. and it's just such easy fodder for people because it's like accepted that like what young women like is nonsense meanwhile they're a target demographic for a reason because young women are super fans and yes you know pop culture appeals to people who have social capital and that is young women so it's such a weird like let's use women but then also mock the things that they like it's so stupid i, I have know. issues with twilight only uh, because <laughs> Uh, as someone who was stalked, my biggest beef with Twilight was like all yes. of the him watching her sleep and like the mm -hmm. romanticization of all of those elements. But like you said, the answer is just like a critical lens. It's not yeah, to exactly. like censor it completely, right? Like we all need media literacy, frankly, and that shouldn't just be, you know, applied to YA, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people are looking at Twilight now as adults from a critical place. And that's certainly very obvious on like TikTok because people are like, you know, team Jacob, team Edward, Edward was the worst. Here's that. I'm team Bella. And here's why I'm team Bella because she is a lesbian and she just needs to embrace it and come into her own. Um, I think that Bella Swan is like itching to get her pussy ate, which her husband Edward Cullen is not doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I think I had made a post about like, you know, can you annul your marriage from a vampire if he's not <laughs> fucking you? Like, you know, and yeah, so I'm team Bella. Um, I would say that of the two male characters, if I had to pick a team, it'd be team Jacob because he was the least problematic man as, a, apart from Bella Swan's father in this film. Um, but then he fucking imprinted on a baby and I was like, what does that mean? So um, and, you know, also, Julie, um, they kept calling them werewolves. They're not werewolves. They're shifters. Totally uh, different. Well, and if you they had listened to Ravage Love, they would know that. Exactly. We take our exactly. shifter fiction very seriously. Yeah. Like, they don't shift because there's a full moon. They just have, like, DNA that exists in them that gets triggered when there are vampires near. And then they just start becoming like wolves. So, and they can they can control it at will. And they also never wear shirts, which I was like yummy to the not teenage boys so yeah well i mean first of all i will say because you won't say it but i absolutely will if you are not following renee on instagram you're missing out <laughs> because your instagram stories are always a journey but i'm glad that you <laughs> um yeah carried people along on your insta stories on your watching of twilight and if you do decide to hate yourself enough to crush the 50 shades books mm. slash movies um you will absolutely have to give us an update <laughs> i'll do that <laughs> perfect <laughs> uh so what'd you read this week pal well 
What I read this week is not on the surface seemingly very Halloween-y, but it definitely meets the theme for sure. So I read Alien Promise by Missy Lyons. And as I was reading it, I thought, why does this sound familiar? And then I realized last episode, I also read a Missy Lyons book. So um, (laughs) clearly I don't hate her stuff. And when I was looking up Halloween slash you know, spooky books uh, in the Kobo store. Hers came up a few times. And that's because she loves alpha aliens, monsters, supernatural stuff. She's a huge Star Wars geek. Um, and she writes erotic fiction for smart, sassy women, her words. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about this a few times on the show, how romance novels have content warnings and some of the acronyms and stuff that are used. This one had the most interesting one I've seen so far, which is, and I will quote it, there is no sexual relationship or touching for titillation between or among siblings. (laughs) (laughs) So the cover of this book, which again, head to our Instagram or Twitter to see the cover is a woman with her arms crossed, like kind of nerdy looking, just looking up at these two burly, burly dudes who it turns out are brothers. Um, But they don't fuck. And uh, Missy was very clear that there is no incest in this book. (laughs) So, first of all, this book was written in 2013, and it's about 220 pages. So, unlike a lot of the October stuff we've read that was on the shorter side, this was long. And it had a spelling mistake in the first line. So I wasn't pumped, but (laughs) (laughs) here we go. Ryder and Saber Roma, I think so you say it, are aliens and intergalactic bounty hunters. Right. So they're, I mean... Obviously. So they're flying through the galaxy trying to catch a terrorist named, I think it's Gervan, Gervan, and turns out he fled to Earth. So because it's Earth, they have to be stealthy to avoid being seen because they are like seven foot tall, bright blue aliens. So um, Gervan has like, you know, transformed himself to look like a human. And so they're going to Earth trying to find this guy. And it turns out that on Earth, Gervin is wreaking havoc um, because he's used his mind control to push aside Mitch O'Reilly as presidential candidate. (laughs) 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 So, real timely. Um, Much to the shock of his assistant, Lily Madison, who is a plump ginger, so tropes that we are familiar with. So emphasis on like how she's like a size 18 um, and a ginger. And she is the assistant for Mitch O'Reilly. And she's at a press conference with him. And all of a sudden he goes up to the microphone and says, I'm stepping aside. And instead I'm giving uh, my place to Gervon. And everyone is really shocked and surprised and like, what? And then all of a sudden a giant light appears out of Gervon's head and the crowd turns to be excited about it. And so Lily's watching this and she's like, what the fuck just happened? She rushes to the stage to kind of see what's going on. And she ends up slamming into these two giant, hunky, seven foot tall men dressed like gladiators. (laughs) (laughs) And they look at her and they're like, you're not under Gervin's power. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, there's just mass chaos. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, let me get past, let me get past. And they scoop her up and they run away with her. And she's like, what the fuck? And then they start asking her a bunch of questions. And it turns out that Lily had a brain injury when she was younger and she got a metal plate put in her head, which is why she's immune from mind control. (laughs) Okay. So then they ask Lily for help and they, and she's like still super confused. And then they basically, they're like, look, we're aliens. We come from another planet. Our skin is going to slowly start going back to being like a normal color that according to you people, because it's the sun makes us tan, blah, blah, blah. Um, we looked up on our computers, what the average kind of soldier person looked like. So we could come here and be stealthy. And she's like, you looked in the wrong era, motherfucker. That's not what you look like gladiators. And, but she just like, cannot get past the instant sexual attraction with them. Like she just like, cannot. And so she's like, you can come stay with me, but I'm not fucking you. And they confess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they confess that they are famous last, famous last words before orgasm. So they confess that they are Krillians, which are descended from the same place as humans, but they're more advanced with their technology. 
and they are thirsty as fuck for her and can't get over that she's so hot and she's single and they basically proposition her and she explains like that's not how this works in this country in this planet you can't just be like we gonna fuck you also like i'm not a slut i'm not gonna fuck two men bullshit uh, then they talk about the usual stuff that as romance readers we know. So kind of a shifterish type thing about like we mate and then we mate for life and we basically have to bond with you and then you will be ours forever. And she's like, um, maybe let's just find this terrorist dude and then we'll come back to that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> so then there's like shenanigans and there's like kind of some funny, clever parts about like, you know, she wants them to go, she wants to get them real clothes and they go to get in her car and she has like a smart car and they're seven feet tall and then they think that the seatbelt is a restraint so they try to cut it off and then they go to the mall and they don't understand anything. It's like very like fish out of water slash Encino man. Um. (laughs) 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 So then she finds them some modern clothes. They look the part. She kind of explains to them like you can't just like go up to people and tell them you want to fuck them. Like you got to try to like seduce me a little bit. Sexual tension's out of control. She's constantly like just horny as shit. She ends up like banging one out on her own in the shower because she's like, I can't fuck these dudes, but I just can't resist them. Then she comes out and they're like, we can smell that you are touching yourself. And I'm like, ugh, gross. So then they come up with this master plan, which is Gervin is a misogynist, chauvinist loser. So we're going to dress you up like super slutty. We're going to get you to go to one of his events and we're going to get you to seduce him slash say like, hey, can I work for you? Because, you know, I was a personal assistant to the old guy, so I know what I'm doing. And then they're going to swoop in and they're going to kidnap him. So they dress her up super slutty and make her be like, I'm so dumb. And they go to this fundraiser for Gervin and she gets into his inner circle, convinces him, come back to my hotel room. And he's like, come back to my fuck palace with these two hot bitches I've been fucking all week. So she's like, oh no, this is not the plan. So she goes up to their hotel room. She's like, let me just freshen up. Goes into the bathroom, speaks into the little microphone thing to the two dudes, like Saber and, and um, what writer to say like, uh, I'm not in the hotel room that we bought. I'm in his hotel room. Please come help me. Gervin hears her through the door. So he's like, oh no, you're working with the planet. So then she tries to get away from him. She ends up having to jump out the window but then realizes it's too high so she's holding on with all of her might and then Ryder comes in and she's like you're gonna save me and he picks her up and jumps out the window and then and then <laughs> she wakes up a few days later on his spaceship Ooh. so apparently they have an automatic system their their bodies automatically when they're in life-threatening danger transports them back to safety so he purposely jumped off the building so that it would look like he was dying so that they would get swooped back up to the ship I mean, some pretty stealthy stuff. So then they make her a deal, which I will only tell you in broad strokes because I'm going to read it to you because it's bananas. But it's basically make baby with us, be with us forever, me, Tarzan, you, Jane. They fuck, (laughs) they fuck, they fuck, they fuck, they fuck so much. They just fuckity fuck fuck. Then there's all this like, to the point where I'm like, okay, this must be done now. Like they're finally banging it out. No. Then there's this whole other element to the book at the end, which is like, was so painful. So just very quickly, the brothers end up started getting jealous of each other. Um, Anyone who's tried to be in a polyamorous relationship will probably relate. (laughs) Not enough communication. They're very jealous and she feels stuck between both of them. And she's like, I love you both. And they're like, oh, but he gets more time with you. And their whole thing is that they're now in shit with their home planet because they kidnapped a human and they're not supposed to meddle with what happens on planet Earth. So basically they're like, if we don't get you pregnant by the time we land on our planet, they're going to send you home. And she's like, I'm a career woman. I don't want to be pregnant. And then realizes she can't live without them. So... um. Then, of course, classic pop culture trope. She isn't feeling well, throws up. So then that tells you she's pregnant. So she's pregnant. Then when they go to land on the planet, they're all excited. Okay, she's pregnant. We're going to be officially together. Then their ship gets attacked by space pirates. Love a space (gasps) pirate. You know I do. Turns out it's Gervan who, like, got away again and, like, got a bunch of space pirates to come and attack him and steal her so they kind of kidnap her for a short period of time but don't worry Ryder comes and saves her uh they get into a little escape pod and they fly to their little planet where they land their mother adores her she marries them the end oh yeah so it was a lot um yeah i would say that i didn't hate it 
it what it had mm-hmm. I, I appreciated the kind of clever bits about the like fish out of water type stuff i appreciated that there was like explicit conversation of consent she explicitly talked about you know what dating looks like for her and also that even when they were like having their fuck fest which included like double penetration like hardcore nice. deep throating like all about it like definite like mmf threesome action um, but it was super mm-hmm. consensual and they were like very nice to her. And so it was like, I appreciated that part. And I appreciated that she called out the like misogyny of their whole plan and all of this stuff. Um, but just an incredible amount of fucking just so <laughs> and then to the point where I was like, okay, again, usually these books end with like a hardcore sex fest. Uh, but then, yeah, there was this whole other chapter afterwards where they got married and she got pregnant. So, um, but in terms of the spice factor, her real spicy real spicy so oh yeah so i would give it five out of five spicy chilies for sure um it was yeah a lot of like and a lot of pleasure for her like at one like a lot of going down on her a lot of going down on her and like being into it and a lot of like fucking but then being like let me put my thumb in here because you need clit stimulation so like clearly a woman wrote it who understood what ladies need in the sack um, and so I appreciated that. And in terms of general descriptions, really ran the gamut from like pussy to cunt to like womenly folds. Like she really used every euphemism at her disposal, which I respected. I like that. Yeah. So uh, a bit long, definitely could have been shortened mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, if you want just some filth with like a fun kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. story to it, I would recommend ignoring the hilarious cover. <laughs> and read alien promise by missy lyons it gave me some big like kang and kodos vibes like from the Simpsons. oh yeah it's like abortions for some (laughs) tiny miniature american flags for others like that's that's all i could think of with the whole like presidential like side story my god and like their their language they had to speak through like this box that would translate whatever language they spoke into english and then back to her so it was like very stilted um, which I also mm-hmm. like added to the hilarity of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it had <laughs> aliens, it had space pirates, it had presidential elections, it hit all of the <laughs> markers. So that was it. Yeah. That sounds like a wild. <laughs> it really was. Now, you had told me nothing about your book, but you just said, wah. Do I have stories to tell? So please tell us what will happen with your book. Sure. So before I start, um, this was a labor of love for our listeners because this is going to fill your bingo card. Oh, damn. Okay. This book will. Yeah. I was looking at the bingo card. And if you've listened to all the other episodes, plus my bonus words last week, and you listen to this, you will get a bingo. And a bingo means you contact us and you get some free Mm -hmm. shit. So that's Pull right that and part. i didn't put a deadline on it so if you if somebody gets in touch with me by november 5th by november 5th just message ravage love on instagram um you have until the 5th of november if you need to like catch up on episodes um so somebody message me by then because i really want to give away a prize. do it and renee is about to <laughs> yeah. give you so many squares Hmm. so um you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this my book is a pun it's called rick or pete <laughs> like trick-or-treat <laughs> and um on the cover we have a woman dressed up like a clown and then two clowns behind her so you can guess where this is going Julie. oh sure can um, yeah so before i before i i read the book i read the reviews um it had a really good rating um and a lot of people were saying toot toot in it and i couldn't figure that out but i read the book anyway they said it was very very scary um and very very sexy so i was like i'm in i'm ready for it so um my book opens with Julia and Julia is sitting down with a nurse and she's having a sonogram and the nurse is like, you know, Oh, so many men like just fuck women and then leave them high and dry. And she's like, no, 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 it wasn't like that. And then she tells the story. So story opens with Julia, um, Julia and her roommate, Patty hind like, but, um, (laughs) they live in a trailer in a trailer park and two cousins, Rick and Pete have just moved in the trailer across from them. Rick and Pete are quote eager for beaver. Um, but, Patty and uh, Julia are not really interested in them because they're, as, as they describe, medium men. So medium everything about them. Medium in looks, medium in height. They expect medium in dick. Um, they're just not really interested in them. And they're so horny 
it's annoying and I get it. <clears throat> so Halloween is coming up and Julia is obsessed. In fact, the parallels between myself and Julia um, <laughs> are pretty noticeable. For example, Julia um, collects Ouija boards and, uh, you know, other occult items again, just like me. So Rick is, they're just always pestering Patty and Julia to bone, but as they call it, it's called getting jiggy. Ooh. So like every time I'm like, dun, 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 dun. but it was stupid in this book. It was really dumb to read that in the book. So Rick approaches Julia and says, Julia, what's it going to take to get jiggy with you? And she's like, I'm not, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not into you. I, I like you guys as friends. You're lovely, but I, I don't really want to do it. And they just keep pestering and pestering her. And so he's like, okay, well, what turns you on? And she says, being scared shitless. Being scared shitless is what turns me on. I like horror. I like gore, zombies, ghosts, girls coming out of TV sets, the whole kit and caboodle. I love Halloween. Well, as it happens, Halloween weekend is coming up. So they decide, well, I'll make you a deal. If we can scare you shitless, we get to get jiggy with you. And Patty's like, all right, like it could be fun. And Julia's like, all right, fine. If, no, if for no other reason, so they leave us alone. So they decide that um, they're going to make this deal. And over the course of Halloween Eve and Halloween day into Halloween night, they are going to have an opportunity to scare the girls. So the first night they go to um, just a fair that's nearby and they go and they, they enjoy the fair. But at the fair, they meet, they go to see um, like a psychic, um, like a crystal ball and stuff. And during that meeting, uh, the psychic is doing like a tarot reading and they keep getting the same cards. So like lover, jester, um, hangman, death, things like that. And basically it, it, she explains, Madame Zola explains that um, Julia is going to have to put herself in a position to um, either practice self-control or not. Um, and so they take that information and they leave with it. And then they go back to their trailer and they have, um, they do like a Ouija board thing. And in that time, while they're doing the Ouija board, um, Julia realizes that she can actually control the Ouija board with her mind. So she starts saying things like, fuck me, bite me, bite my tits till they bleed, eat me, things like that. And they're all like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> um, but they don't know it's her spelling out with her mind. So we, we learn that she has some kind of like connection to like, you know, occult things. So after that, um, Julia's a little freaked out. So they go outside and they just kind of like, you know, have a cigarette and they come back in and the boys, Rick and Pete say, okay, well at midnight, we're going to have a seance. So seance and Ouija board. Okay. There's, there's two words for your, for your bingo. <laughs> <laughs> so they sit down to have this seance, but before they do, uh, Rick and Pete, explain to the girls that they actually have a, an aunt who is a medium and she's used her powers to like support people and help them, you know, with their issues that require a medium. And th they explain this story about how she got her powers and she got her powers because, um, she, as a little girl really loved tarantulas of spiders. And she went into the woods one day, but her father had told her that, yeah, there's spiders in the woods, but there's also elementals and they'll eat you. And that, you know, tarantulas eat their food by like spitting acid on them to dissolve them so they can suck it through a straw. And so she ends up meeting this elemental, but her grandfather shows up as a ghost and then summons all these tarantulas out of a log to like attack the elemental. And then as of that time there, um, she can then communicate with the with ghosts and spirits and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so as they're having the seance, something really creepy happens. And I'm pretty sure that's what I'm reading today because I cannot possibly read a sex scene to you out of this book because they were so upsetting. It was upsetting even just going back into the book Oof. to try and find something to read today. Oof. So Halloween day, the boys say, we've got our plan ready. So I want you to just get up in your costume and then we're going to meet at the abandoned ghost town on the other side of the woods where there is a fair. There's an old fairground and they explain like it, it used, it got flooded a bunch of times. So they had to abandon that part of the town and build a new town. So that's why there's a ghost town there. Um, so uh, Julia gets dressed up as like a sexy clown 
And then, um, uh, Paul, uh, yeah, the other one gets dressed up as like a schoolgirl. I'm like, of course. Right. Um, so they head, they head through the woods and then they find a suitcase. Um, and they don't know what the boys are dressed up as, but they expect that they're going to try and scare them in the, in like the fairground of this ghost town, which is a fair assumption. So they find the suitcase and they find a letter saying somewhere in the fair is a red balloon. And you have to find this red balloon before we scare you. Um, and then you win. And the, and whoever wins basically gets to yay or nay if they're going to have sex. But like if the guys win, like they get in jiggy, mm-hmm. right? So they're like, all right. And so Julia, who of course is like the creepy girl, she she knows this fairground like the back of her hand because um, she just goes there all the time. So she's heading, they split up. They're heading through the fairground. Um, and she's like, well, I'm going to go check this like um, kind of like wagon on the others on the far end of the of the fairground but before i do that i'm going to go through the fun house so she starts to go through the fun house and she gets to this part where there's a ball pit and there's a like um a rope that kind of extends over the ball pit but there's no balls in the pit so she's like shit like how am i going to get across this and she decides she's going to double back but before that happens all these bats kind of like swoop down on her scare her and she falls into the pit but when she falls in the pit the floor collapses and she falls even further below underneath the fun house and she lands on all these crash mats and she's like oh shit that that sucked and uh but she's okay and she sees these double doors which is the exit so she's like okay but then she sees the balloon and she's like oh yeah i fucking i got it i got the balloon so she goes to reach for the balloon and then this gloved hand grabs her hand and out of the shadows walks a clown with a big red wig. And she can't really tell like which of the cousins it is, but she's like, okay, hi, you spooked me. Okay, you win. And then another clown with a blue wig comes out. And they're like, she's like, okay, all right, cool. Well, you guys win. And then they just, she's like, well, who's like, who's Rick? Who's Pete? And they're like, Rick or Pete, Rick or Pete. And she's like, okay, you guys really scared me. So I guess like, we're going to fuck or like what? And they're like, Rick or Pete? And she's like, both. So she starts to like get ready to bang these guys, but they're just standing there in their clown costumes with their dicks hanging out of their frilly pants. And she's like, oh, they're not medium at all. So she goes to like, they kind of like toss her down on the crash mats and then they start hitting her in the face with their dicks. Ooh. The first for us. So the dick slap um they're slapping her and she's just like i love it and she's trying to suck their dicks and then one of them um they start repeating to her what she was saying like what the ouija board was saying during their seance or like their their thing where it's like bite me do this do this you know um and so one of them she's like sucking a dick and then the other one goes down on her and she's like yes like let's do it and so he puts his gloved hand inside her pussy and she's like oh that's really weird and then he pulls the glove out and he's kind of like sucking on it. And she's like, that's gross. Okay. But then he takes the glove off, stuffs it in her pussy. Ugh. And she's like, oh, that's okay. And she's still loving it. She's still like sucking a dick. Um, and then he goes to like pull the glove out. And she's like, oh my God, it feels really good. And as he pulls the glove out, he then starts pulling bunting flags no. out of her oh. pussy. No. Yeah. All these bunting flags. So she's pulling, 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 pulling. And she's like loving every minute of it. Um then she realizes they actually, the clowns have fangs and she's like, okay. So the clown who was doing the bunting pulling starts to like uh, nibble on her clit with his fangs. And she's like, kind of hurts, but it's okay. Um, and then they just start banging. And then when the red haired clown is about to come, he's like, I'm coming toot toot. And you're like, oh, that's where it came. Okay. All right. And so they're having this sex fest. And then she kind of gets like really roughly, she has really, really rough anal, but she's still like, okay with it um and then it's over and she's like that was really great cool well thanks guys i'm gonna we should like head back but instead of heading back uh things take a turn for the worst where they wrap her up in the bunting flags so she can't move and then the first clown bends over and the other clown pulls plastic flowers out of his asshole and then the other clown bends over and pulls plastic flowers out of his asshole. And then she realizes they're going to pull plastic flowers out of my asshole. And they do. And it's very painful. And then they start whipping her with the plastic flowers. And she's getting really, really hurt. 
then because they go back to the whole thing from the Ouija board where she had thought like, bite my tits till they bleed. So they do that. They start biting on her tits until they're bleeding everywhere. And she's hating every minute of it. And she's like, okay, we need to stop now. Um, she's like, we need to stop. And then they're like, oh, well, what do you have up your sleeve? And they pull out a plunger. And she's like, fuck this. Cause she knows where that plunger is going to go. So she is able to get free of the bunting flags she like tosses all the plastic balls that were in bags um, on the floor and they start slipping and she runs for her life basically. And then she makes it to the woods and then there's, there's her friend Patty. It was like, hey, where were you? We couldn't find you anywhere. And then there with Patty are Rick and Pete. So it wasn't Rick and Pete. She was with, it was like demon clowns. Oh. And the way that the author wrote the next scene was to make it seem like she was still so horny um, that she had to fuck these guys in the woods. But everything that they described really made it seem like she was just trying to relive the trauma of what she just experienced because she's like cut up and bruised and bloodied. And she's worried about them finding out like what happened to her. So she's trying to recreate the abuse so that, um, they think they did all the marks on her. So she like pulls branches off the trees and gets them to whip her. It's really, really terrible and awful. And then they go back to the trailer and she kind of like reflects on the day. And then it cuts to her, like the end of the story, like at the beginning where she was speaking with the nurse, she's having this sonogram and the nurse is like, Oh, it's twins. Um, she's like, Oh, that's really lovely. And then in the prologue, um, she talks about how she had actually gone back to the fun house and like her panties were there and all these things, but the clowns weren't and the flags were gone and all these things. And that the twins she had are like not identical twins. So they're fertile, like two separately fertilized eggs and that Rick and Pete had been really loving and supportive with her. Cause they think that it's their babies, but she's like, maybe some little clowns will tumble out. Happy Halloween. And that's how the book ends. Jesus. So- super fucking upsetting because at first I was like, okay, this is rough. Like she's into it. It's okay. But then it just totally switched gears and was awful. And this book I might, I was written by a man. So a man named James Crow. And it was really difficult to find anything about him because there is a, there's a movie producer named James Crow who only does horror movies. And there's this James Crow, um, who hasn't really written any other horror novels besides this one. But in the, in the thanks at the end, there's, he's thanking all of these people who seem to be part of like his fan club, but he calls it something really weird. And they're all like, they do all his editing and stuff. And I was like, it was just really weird. Cause I was like, do you, are you like this weird, creepy Dom that just like uses people? Like I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And it was just awful. So w- zero, out of five chili cheese dogs. Absolutely. Zero. Yeah, it was very, very upset. So I'm actually not even reading a sex scene today. Um, I'm just reading like their seance scene after they um, told the story about their aunt and the tarantulas. Jesus. So, yeah. And I'm really actually looking forward to not having to read any more horror, which I hate to say, but every, almost every book that I've read this month has been like rapey, mm-hmm. like borderline rapey, rapey, um, really like a lot of like putting women in very, very submissive positions. Um, no regard for like female pleasure, um, except for the dummies. You know what? The dummies, they, they care <laughs> about women's pleasure. And I appreciated that. Um, but everything else has just been really awful. And I'm really looking forward to just reading something really tender and lovely and <laughs> I need to boost my spirits because this this book kicked my ass yeah. so i do not recommend anything from james crow just on the basis of this book absolutely fair yeah yeah so i'm going to launch into this quick little reading get it out of the way and i can wash my hands <laughs> of this <laughs> hit me all right <clears throat> The candle by my side flickered. This time I didn't think it was insignificant. You need to close your eyes, Jules, Pete reminded me. I did as I was told, not knowing what to expect. But what I did know was Rick's thigh touching against mine felt much warmer than before. I kind of liked it. Gave me tingles in my tummy. Spirits, Pete said way too loud and my heart leapt. We welcome you. Is anybody there? 
He told the spirits they could knock once for yes and twice for no. I braced myself, felt sure there'd be a loud knock echoing through the trailer at any second. As the seconds ticked by, the only sound, the ticking clock, uh, the tension, and uh, the tension was so great, it felt like the air might snap until, until I felt Rick's hand touch lightly to my leg, a touch that caught my breath, made those tingles burst through me. And as his fingers crept slowly up my thigh, just the softest of touches through my jeans, I felt the heat, the amazing heat right through me and my legs opened for him. I remembered wishing I'd worn a skirt. Desire, Madame Zola's voice said in my head. And, and as the soft touches reached the crotch of my jeans, it was all I could do not to leap to my feet and drag Rick to the bedroom. Then came the tapping. So loud I thought it was knocking from the spirit world, but it wasn't. It, and it wasn't really that loud. I realized the tapping was Rick's finger on my jeans, right on my clit. My breathing was heavy. I tried to hide it, kept my eyes screwed shut as Rick just kept on tapping that finger, and I swear I could have come soon enough if I hadn't opened my eyes and seen Rick's, and seen Rick's hands splayed on the table along with everyone else's. I glanced down between my legs. Of course I did. I didn't know what I expected to see, but the image can't ever be unseen. It makes my skin run cold just thinking about it. A tarantula the size of my fist camped on my crotch tapping one leg, its many eyes staring up at me. Oh, how I screamed. Oh, how I bruised my thigh as that table went flying and I went flying out the door. It took the guys an hour to coax me back in, to convince me they'd searched every nook and cranny that there was certainly not even a single tiny spider, never mind a tarantula. After another thorough search of my bedroom, I pulled Patty in with me, stuffed a towel in the gap under the door and locked the door. Pete and Rick weren't happy. Said the night was young. Said that I'd been scared shitless and that it was time to get jiggy. <laughs> I argued evil spirit sent me a tarantula and they had to keep to their end of the deal and protect us from it if they wanted any hope of getting jiggy. Are we going to fuck though? Rick's voice said through the door. Maybe I said, and that shut him up. Jesus. Yeah. They never explained the tarantula. They never, it's never explained just with the exception of like the story about his aunt. So that's a zero out of four chili cheese dogs for uh, Rick or Pete by James now i will say as the daughter of a former professional clown my mother was a professional clown when i was growing up i never understood people who were terrified of clowns i was of the era of it the miniseries and then the um you know the reboots and all that and it never scared me ever like i don't understand being afraid of clowns because when i was a child my mom was a clown so i used to always just be like yeah. it's someone's mom in makeup but hearing their description of dressing up like clowns and being creepy clowns, I'm now terrified of clowns. And it has absolutely nothing to do with um, the movie or the book. It is strictly about your goddamn book that I didn't even read that haunts me from a distance. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Please, like, lighten this oh. up for me. I want to hear something about aliens. Okay. Please. So set the scene for you. She has just been rescued. So, again, she, uh, you know... Gervan figured out that she was a plant. She jumps off the building with her two saviors, wakes up on their spaceship, is trying to get her bearings and try to figure out what's going on. And then at this point, they've sort of kissed and stuff. So already. So she says, I feel alive when you kiss me. Lily blurted, scarcely aware of her own voice. I assure you, you are very alive. Ryder presses kisses to her chin and jaw and nibbled softly at her ear. His palms spread over her chest and her heart came alive at his touch, hammering to get out. I feel the strength of your heartbeat. I was afraid I would never get to feel what it was like to have you or Saber make love to me. I was so afraid. Shh, he pressed two, limbers, two fingers to her lips. I want you too much to ever let you die so young. You will grow old with me. I can't stand the thought that I wouldn't feel what it was like to have you inside of me. Please fuck me, Ryder. I want you so bad now it hurts, she pleaded. Oh, sweet Lily, he kissed her and cradled her in his arms. I want nothing more than to lose myself in the pleasure of your sweet body, but we can't. You're kidding me, right? She stopped grinding against his thigh. His announcement was like pouring a bucket of ice water over her head and stopped her lust-driven fire cold. What do you mean we can't? I'm naked here in your bed. It would be so easy. Just slide tab A into slot B and we're there. <sighs> Lily reached for his cock and he stopped her by clamping an iron grip around her wrist. My brother would be so disappointed if he doesn't have a part in your first claiming. We have to wait for him. You understand I am not made for two. Women on my planet can only handle one man at a time. She couldn't imagine taking two of them at once. That was just too much man for her to handle. And I was willing to have sex with you now. Lily, I must respect my brother enough to wait for him to claim you together. 
But in the meantime, you are frustrating me, Lily sighed in exasperation. I understand your needs have not been met, and I am willing to help you. Help me? Help yourself. I'm out of here. Where are my clothes? You can just take me back to my house now. She pulled away as if to leave, but he wouldn't let loose of her. There's no going back, Lily. Ryder pulled her up against him, and there was no escaping his arousal. He wasn't lying when he said the words, I want you. Then show it, she challenged. She felt beyond frustrated. Both men had tried to get into her panties from the first day they met, and now he held out on her? She was ready, and worked up for a really hot and sweaty royal fucking, and the guy who had her on edge was now saying no. His dark brows drew together in a frown. On my planet, we have a custom. Does it involve driving women into a sexual frenzy, and to want the men so bad they can taste it? There was a sarcastic bite to her comment, but she didn't think he understood, judging from the sweet expression in his voice. His... Lips cocked up in a smile, only sometimes, but usually the women end up very happy and sated. She ached to be filled by his cock, and her voice cracked when she spoke. Well then, what are you waiting for? I'm a woman looking for satisfaction. Okay, here we go. My planet has had viral warfare that has rendered most of the women sterile. It's been necessary for us to leave the planet and find our mates with females of other species. Our custom is to capture that female we want. He took both her wrists and captured them with one hand, locking them both over her head. She felt helpless to do anything as he covered his body with hers, but the last thing she wanted to do was stop him. She closed her eyes, loving the hard side of his body against hers. Then, we keep her for a year, and if she is pregnant by the end of that time... Did you just say pregnant? Her neck, her neck whipped up and her eyes widened in surprise. Yes, he drawled with a distinct pleasure to his voice. And at the end of the year, if she carries our child, we can keep her as her mate. With us, it shouldn't take that long. Okay, this is hypothetical, right? To her great annoyance, <laughs> she felt herself blush at the idea of becoming pregnant by either man. It does not please you to be mated with me and my brother? Don't get me wrong. I like you both, but I'm not a slut. I want to be with you, but I can't be mated to men, and I'm not sure I'm ready to have anybody's baby yet. Why can't we just have a little fun? Just have sex with me now, and tomorrow you can go back to your planet and I can keep my memories. You want me, I want you, it's pretty simple. Why are you holding back? We want to mate you, Lillian Green. Neither of us wants to hold back. His eyes hardened and deepened to a dark honey color. Every time his eye color changed, she found herself trying to figure him out. What was he feeling? Do you have a family that will miss you if you come home with us? No, she let out a sigh as his engorged cock pulsed between her thighs. If only he would position himself a little higher, the pressure on her clit might get some release. What does she have to lose? It could be an adventure, crossing the galaxy with two of the sexiest warriors she'd ever laid eyes on. No, my parents are dead. I am not sure my job would miss me at this point. Mitch may not even remember me or even need me at all. I have waited so long. I have wanted to know what you feel wrapped around my cock since the day I met you. Yes! Give it to me! That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> it literally, literally is like, yeah, why with like 16 E's and a bunch of S's? <laughs> Yeah. So that's all my patient was. Yes, gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, pal. That was. Um, wow. And then they. He continues to kind of get. He gets her off, and then waits for the bird to join before they actually penetrate her because he's a gentleman. <laughs> no kidding. So real one eighty from your hella rapey situation <laughs> that you were reading. Um, but yeah. really glad with my choice. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, ten out of ten cotton candies for me for that. Oh, one hundo and absolutely yeah. zero and like a curse on all of his family members to the author of yours, frankly. Yeah, I hope he um, has to go have an office job <laughs> somewhere. I wish nine to five upon you, sir. Uh, but between the two of us. We did absolutely help people fill out their bingo cards. So make sure you go yeah. on our Twitter and our Instagram. You download a bingo card. I'm sure someone has gotten a bingo. If you and when, DM us and we will send you a little treat. Yeah, I'm actually looking at one of our bingo cards right now. And I've kind of clicked out the ones that we've covered. So I'm going to go over the ones that have been said or a version of them have been said for the sake of um, people filling out their cards. Perfect. So if you've made it this far into the episode, you're going to be a winner. Okay. I'm going to give everybody trick-or-treating because of the name of my book, Rick Repeat. So you can have that one. We've got COVID from a bat was one of my bonus words last week. Ouija or seance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got that today. today. Costume. Yeah, costume. Blood. 
Witch, Warlock, if you'll remember from my very first book, Zombie, Jack-O-Lantern was one of my bonus ones, Pumpkin, uh, Stroke of Midnight, because tonight in my book they had their uh, seance at midnight, Halloween, Werewolf, Murder, Doll. So those are the ones that have been said. I don't have a bingo on this specific card. Oh, no, I do. I have four corners. So if you are listening, you could have a bingo if you've made it this far into the episode. Boom! So there's no reason that anybody can't contact me yeah. at the end of this week. So also, on that note, we are doing a live reading this week, aren't we? We sure are. So the day that this episode drops, we will be on the the socials. Uh, the the Instagram. So, so if you go to the Ravage Love Instagram page, just Ravage Love on Insta, we will be alive, Renee and I, um, reading you a story live and chatting with y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll confirm the time because I just found out there's been a change to my schedule. So we'll confirm the time on Instagram <laughs> maybe earlier this week. Um, but in the evening, but the evening then, of October yes. 30th, join us mm-hmm. on Instagram for some lols guaranteed. And we will be dressed up. And if you want to ask, ask us any questions at the end of our reading, you can do that. We'll be there to answer your questions. Totes my goats. Yes. Thank you, Julie. This was so much I'm fun. I'm really glad we did our October. And we are going to Thank continue you. with themes. So we're not going to tell you what next week is. But just think of something that's very timely. That's mm. going to be happening the first week of November. So that's going to be the theme yes. for our next episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Follow us on social. Also, you know, take two seconds and and write us a review. So wherever wherever you Please, download your yeah. podcast from, um, leave us a review. We love it. And of course, if you want to send us feedback or suggestions, um, I know more than one person has contacted me to say that they will now be looking for some Chuck Tingle because of our episode. Nice. So yeah, let us know if you've picked up any of the books that we've read or you have ideas for books that we should read in the future. Uh, we are all ears. Yeah, and I just looked at our reviews on uh, iTunes this week. Don't be like Randy, okay? If you have something bad to say, just say it to us directly. Okay, if you're bored, just just tell us. Don't leave a review on that. Yeah, we had five stars. Don't be Randy. Yeah, we had five stars based on 13 reviews, and then Randy gave us one star, and now we're down to four and a half. Uh, I don't like it. Don't be a Randy. Don't be a Randy. Randy. Don't be a Randy. Good chat with you. All right, Julie. So good. Do you want to sing us out? Ravage love, ravage love. Bye bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join, or on social media at PS the number two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.